Now, introducing the We're Alive Fancast, a fancast dedicated to a story of survival. Hey, this is Mick. This is Redbeard. We would like to introduce our new fancast, in which we will be covering season four of the zombie podcast audio drama known as We're Alive. Join us as we review each episode as it comes out, leading into the conclusion of this great zombie story. We can be found at mickred.com, that's M-I-C-K-R-E-D.com, or by searching for We're Alive Fancasts on iTunes and Facebook. Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. Engage. Captain Picard is a pain, isn't he? Interesting. No redeeming qualities. I think you should be destroyed. The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth. Go back. Thou shalt most certainly die. Protect yourself, Captain, or they'll destroy you. We are dangerous. What can I offer except myself? Just get down to it, please. Get We're through running from these bastards. Perhaps today is a good day to die. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday number 56. This is the Next Generation episode, and I'm Chris Honeywell. And today, my normal uh, co-host, well, I, I should, probably shouldn't use my usual co-host, Scott Gardner, is, he's in sickbay right now. He's he's had a little too much fun at, at Disney World, and, and now he's sick. So, I brought in a replacement. And... Since we don't have the captain and I'm Mr. Spock, we've brought in the doctor, Dr. Bill Robinson. Kapla. <laughs> Good evening. So, doctor, have you cleaned out your cat yet? My cat is all cleaned out. <laughs> this he's, cat is clean. This cat is clean. Yes, he's back to 100%. <laughs> is that a good thing, I guess? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, just the other night, uh, my wife was commenting. She said, uh, oh, yeah, he's definitely filling up the litter box now. (laughs) All right, so the train's running on time. All right. (laughs) Welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday. Thank you. Thank you very much. You start right off on cat shit. (laughs) Cat poo. Anyway. Yeah, um... Um, so, you know, I've had really, like, as far as Star Trek goes, I've had a dry summer. Uh, like, the, the most Star Trek-y thing I've gotten recently is I've got a teen novelization of Star Trek Nemesis, one of my least favorite Star Trek movies. 
have you started to read it yet? Is it no. I have no. so many other things to read before I would want to even, you know, bother with that. I would mm. almost rather watch the movie again with Scott and do a commentary than read the teen version of it. The dumbed <laughs> down version of yeah of that movie. So I don't know. I don't know. I I that mo- I mean that movie has its silly moments, but overall, I mean. Uh, I, I I know you don't really like it, but I don't I don't hate it. Although B four is a little silly, I, the whole the, concept is. I'm I'm easy going in the theater, even if it's a movie I don't even don't like that much. I'll sit back and just sort of watch it on a visual level or whatever. Or just go with it. I was getting <laughs> angry during that one. I was getting grumpy through that one. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> exactly. It was it was like a two hour slow burn, mm. but uh, yeah. Other than that, I haven't been. It's Star Trek stuff. Actually, you know, Star Wars stuff is just way more prevalent. Yeah, I. In fact, I'm reading a Star Star Wars book now, but this isn't Star Wars Monthly Monday, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should have had me on last week. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, but uh, what about you? Any any Star Trek action in Bill Robinson Land? No, uh, the only thing I had was, and I think I'd mentioned it on a Comics M- Monthly Monday, is that I had found um, my old uh, Star Trek Power Records, uh, the one for the for the Crier in Emptiness, mm-hmm. and I had found one of my Whitman um, reprints. Uh, Actually, I think it's from like 1980 something. So maybe it's not actually a reprint. It might be a, an original. Not 100% sure. I'd have to dig it back. Oh, wait. Actually, it's still shoved in here at my desk where it was. Uh, oh, 78 is the. That's uh, what it's got on it. And the stories. Oh, yeah. The stories were from 76. And the book cover says 78. So, yeah, this is... Uh, is it one of the ones with the Star Trek, the motion picture pictures no, on the no, cover? Or is it sort of no, cartoon no. drawings? No, because drawing. this would be this would be before that, because yeah. the motion picture didn't come out till 79. This is That's this true. is like... This is like the... Uh, yeah, this is like the old gold, gold, gold keys reprinted. Because they repackaged right. that yet again in Star Trek, the motion picture covers... Uh, but with all, you know, just basically all the same, the same uh, stories. Yeah. No, that's all I got. Other than the fact that I also stumbled across my Star Trek Pez dispenser. Ooh. Heads, heads of of the whole crew that I had gotten as a birthday gift quite quite a few years ago. Which crew? The original crew or next gen yeah. crew? The original crew. So I can pop a Pez out of uh, out of a Captain Kirk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although they're still in the, I, they're they're unopened. They're still in the box. I just sit there and look at them, going, "Oh, um, that Pez candy." Mm. Now I was talking with <laughs> Scott McGregor the other day about he was he was bemoaning that he was selling some of his uh, his Pez dispensers, or or I I don't even know if he was bemoaning it or if he was bemoaning that his mom would bemoan it, and I'm just like. Well, you know, dude, you're gonna really, you're gonna feel those, the absence of those, the next time you, you know, want to go on a Pez binge, you know. Yeah. How, you know. Yeah. Save one, not... so you have something to dispense your. Pe- I can't remember the last time I ate a Pez was. No, me neither. I know. I mean, I've sold stuff in the past, and and then been, you know, had seller's remorse, been like, oh yeah, I can go. Oh no, I can't. I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I just uh, being a junk merchant. It's like if something goes, it just makes room for something else. So mm. <laughs> I know I, I very rarely feel that 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 I was actually going through all my figures and and you know tchotchkes, a lot of you know Star Wars and Star Trek McDonald toys and stuff that I always whenever I see anything that's either Star Wars or Star Trek. And, oh. and selected superhero stuff. If it's like ten cents or stuff, I just throw it in a bag and and I took all my doubles and I was putting them in one box today. Yeah, 
I did find a um, a poster that I had, I had taken a bunch of stuff down at, out of the attic, uh, a big box of Star Wars toys that I had, and I finally gave them to my son. And um, in it was a uh, Star Trek poster board, the old ones that you would color in. Oh, yeah. And on the back of it, I had drawn, it would have been nine-year-old Dr. Bill or ten-year-old Dr. Bill drawing a, uh, a battle between Star Wars ships, Battlestar Galactica ships, and... Star Trek ships? And Star Enterprise. Trek ships, yeah. All, you know, the Death Star is fighting the Enterprise, and there's TIE fighters zipping around, and they're all shooting at each other, and, and there's a Battlestar on there. Now, is this one of those, um, um, Magic Marker posters? They would come, like, on, in a cardboard, you know, they would be sort of, mo- not mounted on the cardboard, but packaged with a, like, cardboard yes, back yeah. and, like, sort of black and white pen and ink drawing. Yeah, it was it was it was a black and white, and you just filled in the colors. Was it the one with? Because I had one one of my favorite posters of all times. Is I had the Star Trek one. It had the Gorn on it. Oh no, this was from this was from um, the motion picture. Oh okay. Yeah, and it and it has a picture of Spock holding up his hand, doing the Vulcan sign, and uh, maybe I'll take a picture of it and I'll shoot it to you, and then we can throw it up on the uh, yeah, because on, on the site. And I'll take a picture of the battle on the back of it, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's even that's what I want to see even more. Because, oh, man, I, I'd forgotten all about that. I had a Star Wars one, too, of, like, the um, Death Star battle with the iconic, you know, the um, the TIE fighter shooting at the X-Wing that's mm-hmm. flying at you. But the Star well, Trek one was just a sort of montage of it had Kirk and Spock fighting in a muck time, and it had the the Gorn, oh, and it had wow. a Hura's with her belly button out, and it was mm-hmm. it was great. And I, I remember found... my magic markers dried out about halfway through it, and I was really <laughs> pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. You can see that there there was a Star Wars one that I found with it. That the one I found had a big head of Darth Vader, and what you did was you made a it was a cardboard. Yes, Darth- I had that too. Yeah, and you made like the pieces of it that stuck out, and you stuck them on the board. Yeah, I don't have the head anymore, but I still have the poster. Oh wow! Yeah, take a picture of that. I used to have that too. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. Oh my <laughs> god, maybe that's what we should do—a little request for people who have, not just like the movie posters, but yeah, those those color in posters or any of those. Oh, those, those are great. Yeah, if anybody I mean- has a. Star Trek one with the Gorn and and all the I think it had um I think it had the ass heads in it and it had um <laughs> the the creature from what was it um the salt monster no it did have the uh, salt monster in it too yes but it had the one that you'd always see over the end credits it was um uh Baylock Baylock yes it was really um yeah, powered was... oh wow they they it turned out to be you know Clint Howard and Tranya. Ha 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 Well, yeah, I guess we had more Star Trek things to talk about than we thought. That's why we podcast because it's like beavers, you know, if they don't chew with their teeth, the teeth grow up into their brain and kill them. <laughs> so we have to talk. As long as we, you know, as long as something we throw something on the table like Star Trek, we're gonna find something to, 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 you know, make noises about. But yeah, we might as well get into the meat and potatoes of of uh, this episode. We've got the next um, episode in the third season of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. This one is called the Bonding. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation Dr. Crusher, incoming wounded A young boy faces a tragic loss Your mother has died I'm all alone now, sir But are the dead coming back to life? There's a presence on the Enterprise Mom? Or is it an alien force at work? Come, Jeremy Hey, wait, stop, no! On Star Trek The Next Generation And Unlike Scott Gardner, who just opens up a book and and reads it, I have lovingly crafted a short synopsis of the show, which I will now read. Okay. 
When an away team are surprised by a bomb on a long dead planet, the team archaeologist is killed, leaving a young boy, Jeremy Astor, orphaned on the ship. Having lost his father years earlier, he is now all alone. Picard throws Troy at him, and she in turn throws Wesley at him. Worf, who led the away team, and being a Klingon, feels responsible for Jeremy's uh, dead mom, so he wants to do a bonding ceremony with Jeremy to join their families, which sounds really like a creepy kind of wedding. And uh, all these attempts to help Jeremy and his grief are kind of complicated when his dead mom shows up to take him back to the planet to live in their old house with their dead cat. Uh, Captain Patches. Yeah. Every cat is named Patches. If it was a dog, it would have been named Spot for sure, or Fido. No, Data's cat's named Spot. Oh, yeah. Well, we haven't even gotten to that yet, so maybe Patch. Yeah. So, so it turns out his mom is really an energy being who lives on the planet and feels responsible for the archaeologist's death. Uh, Picard and the crew convince the being that it's better for Jeremy to live in reality and deal with his grief with the ship. The alien says, fair enough, and buggers off. Jeremy and Worf light some candles, and the healing begins. Let the healing begin. Well, that was a pretty pretty concise synopsis. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really all, all, all there is. But uh, I liked... Uh, so the, the planet that they were on, the people that used to live there were called the Koinonians. Yeah. So were they some type of weird coin collecting society? I thought that was some, I thought they were more like some sort of weird grain that hippies eat. (laughs) Yeah. And as, and as usual, Deanna was in the opening credit or, you know, the pre-credit scene. Deanna's late, you know, late on the draw as usual. Mm-hmm. That's Captain, it, I'm, sensing, <laughs> I'm sensing. I'm <laughs> sensing. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. yeah. Captain, the way team's in danger, and then you hear Wharf going, "Way team's in danger." It's like, yeah, good, thanks, Troy. <laughs> Very useful. A little, fast, little faster next time. <laughs> but Something. for the rest of the episode, Troy's character is pretty much crafted for this kind of, as you were calling it before we started the like after school special. Yes, um, a very, a very special, a very special episode. What happens when our parents die? Alien beings come and masquerade as them and give us false hope. Hooray! <laughs> and you get married to a Klingon, a large Klingon man. Yeah. Although, you know, I can offer him a world of, you know, he'll be happy. Oh, uh, you know, and and then Picard, oh, a complete world of total fiction. Take me, take me. Exactly. (laughs) Kid, Uh, you don't want this. Go, go. It's so funny because uh, um, I don't I don't know if you've uh, if if you remember off the top of your head, but the um, other episode for the um, original series that we watched this month was uh, This Side of Paradise. Mm. And it's almost the same plot. It's almost like. Do you want to live in blissful, you know, should you live in blissful happiness and not make any progress or should you deal with the, you know, the troubles and tribulations of the real world? They both had that same sort of theme to it. Well, the real world ain't cracked up what it used to be or is it cracked? Whatever. (laughs) You can't make the world without cracking a few eggs. Yeah, I mean, I'd be just like, hey, uh, Kirk, I'll, uh, I'll, uh. You know, I'll study this alien race <laughs> for for a few decades. Sure, yeah. Let me just. Sure, she she's my mom, but this is a great uh, way to learn from these aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. How many godlike reality controlling species are there in the universe? Apparently, a lot. A lot, yeah. Because what? We're only in a third season, and. Trying to think, how many uh, up up to this point? How many have they met? I know there's oh. at least. Oh, well, I mean, not just not counting Q. You know, if you take Q out of it, you've got this one. You got the one that knocked up Deanna. Oh, okay, yeah. And then there's one. I think I don't know if it's happened already, but it will happen to where um, it's the it's the old man and the old woman that live on the planet, and there's one little green mm-hmm. parcel You're of right. uh, 
but I, I don't know if you guys have done that one yes, yet. Yes, we did. That was just oh, a couple you? of months ago. Yeah, that one okay. was one of the fairly that that one we did fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah, because he got because he got mad and killed that entire race everywhere in the universe. Yeah. Killed them all with just a thought. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, and that's not even counting the the original series, which had its Trillanes and guys who had the gunfight at the OK Corral, the guys who who engineered the fight between Kirk and the Gorn, and then you had Apollo, the Greek god. Oh yeah, it's just like which which you know what? By the way, I did watch something, and I think we had posted it on the site. There was another one of the fan created uh, Star Treks. Uh huh. And they had the original actor that played Apollo was on there. And he was the age, his actual age now, and they worked it into the story because basically because he had not, without worship, he was aging and dying. And as he's on the ship, he starts to get people to actually worship him. Of course, through makeup, they uh, change him and make him look younger. I won't give away what else happens t- towards the end, but uh, it was it was it was basically a sequel to the Who Mourns for Adonis uh-huh. episode. Um, I'll I'll see if I can find it. And maybe we can throw it in some notes or something, or 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 repost it. Yeah, we could post it up on the Facebook page too. Mm-hmm. It's probably probably the whole running episode is on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, so. and the guy they have playing Kirk is awesome. Really? Oh, it's oh, a, yeah. it's the new Kirk. Right, it's not. Oh, what was the other guy's name? Yeah, is the Elvis impersonator yeah. also? We're just... It's, it's, it's not him. It's another guy. And this guy's, he's got the barrel chest. He walks around without his shirt on. He, he is. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I looked at this guy and went, "Wow." <laughs> I mean, his face may not look exactly, but he's got a lot of the mannerisms, the Kirkisms down, everything. You know, he has a woman that walks in his uh, uh, quarters while he's got his shirt over his uh, shoulder. Uh, you know, yeah, typical the standard Kirk. Kirk stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me; I'm just Don't shirtless. <laughs> I'm always like this. The ladies are always into shirtless Canadians. <laughs> Weird thing. Shirt- shirtless short Canadians. Yeah. So yeah, this was a this. Maybe Scott Gardner is smarter than we all think because this was a episode tailor made for Wesley Crusher and Deanna Troy. <laughs> yeah, which just couldn't. yeah, that just spells Arr! poison for him, for me too, in a lot of ways. Oh, there there was one scene though. I, I mean, if if we're kind of progressing through the show, um, um, the scene where. Deanna and Picard are on the elevator going to talk to Jeremy and she says I sense the weight of this duty captain and Picard gives this tiny little grunt as if he's like as if she's saying yeah no shit yeah (laughs) but then he blurts out I really wonder and goes into this you know talk about why children are on the ship blah 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 which we've had a few times on the show we've had that conversation a few times but what if he had really said just turned on and just opened up on her. You know, really? You sense the great weight? No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that all you're good for, Captain Obvious? I'm sorry I'm not enjoying this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, she's almost to the level sometimes of, uh, you know, a fake cold reading psychic, you know, just like, so Picard, something's bothering you. It's Oh, does it start with a B? It's a B. I'm seeing a B, 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 or it's D, C, D, or C, B. Anything? Someone named Bob. Bob, Bob, Richard? Billy, Rich, Bobby, Bobby Joe, Richard? Billy, Bob, Bobby Joe. And then the next time, she's with Worf, and she turns to Worf and says, I sense anger in you. Really? And a Klingon. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, you know what? Rip Taylor called me. He wants to know if he feels happy and sarcastic. Okay. I always wondered how annoying it must be for her to walk around with her camel toe uniform on and then pick up whatever, you know, the crew members who are walking by her are thinking. She, yeah, she's just walking around going, oh, God, ugh. why do I have to wear these pants? Uh, oh, and then, and then uh, she's, she's laying it on Worf 
you know, well, you need to talk to me about, uh, well, I, I, this is my duty, much like the captain. Well, Captain Picard talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I wish to do the rush tea with the boy. Whoa, 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 yeah. what the hell is the rush tea? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh okay, bonding. All we right, whoa, some, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> whoa, 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 we need some adults around for this. Yeah, when it turns I mean, and then when it turns out it's like an Oprah Winfrey ceremony with like you know make sure the potpourri is is boiling good now quick, we will light that, these candles grab that giant phallic candle quickly <laughs> yeah and light that other giant phallic candle and the mother six giant phallic candles on the thing Oh, and then Wouldn't earlier, it have been great if they like lit the candles and he's like, now the ceremony's almost complete, and then like cut the kid's pinky finger off and ate it or something like that? Now we are brothers. Or like slice his arm open and pour the wax in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ooh. Ugh. That I mean, that would make sense. That sounds like more of a Klingon ceremony than lighting a few candles together. Well, you know what would have really been good is er- earlier when he's in his little meditation stuff and he's got the candle out there and he's holding up the knife and he's taking it back and forth and he puts the knife out or, or he puts the flame out with, with the knife what a wimp for a klingon he should have just put his finger on there exactly exactly anyone he can put a flame Not even out with put a your knife finger on it pinch it right out between <laughs> two fingers klingon wussy yeah <laughs> it's yeah that's just living, living with humans is made warf soft put it out with his blood <laughs> Drip your own blood on oh. it. Okay, now, now you're getting a little crazy. Disembowel yourself on the candle, man. That's what a real Klingon would do, man. So, did you think Jeremy was wound a little tight? <laughs> he was almost, you know, I realize, okay, they're more advanced in the future and stuff, and he's, he's since he was going on a starship, they taught him about death and all that, so... Yeah, he was, I mean, it would take a really uptight, tight-wound kid to keep the stiff, up, stiff upper lip that he was keeping in this. He, yeah. He, he was like, you know, of course he was, he was, suff- I mean, the thing about it is it's so hard to do a story like this where you cover, like, the phases of grief in 42 minutes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, his name reminds me, obviously, of the... Um, now I'm totally blanking on the group. Pearl Jam, Jeremy. Oh, oh God, is that the Jeremy's mom died today? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, but we unleashed a lion. And I and I don't does does his character? Do you, th- do you remember if his character turns up again? Now that he's I bonded with Worf and everything. I don't think so. Um. Hmm. I didn't think so either. But I like I, if, if if I was watching this when it first came out, I'd be like, "Are they trying to bring another you know Wesley Crusher into the show or something?" Well, I do know that in a later episode, uh, and you may or may not remember it, and I may be misremembering, but but I'm pretty sure there's another child whose mother dies or parent is injured. And the kid ends up bonding with Data and starts to act like Data. Or they find a kid. Yes, I've seen he, that he's, one. He's like the only kid that they've... He's like a sole survivor on a starship that was wrecked or attacked. Yeah, and he and, wants and to he, be Data so he has no emotions. Right, because he has no emotions because he's so strong. You know, he's he, he's like a lot... He's more off the deep end than Jeremy. Jeremy's just suppressing everything. The other kid was full-on delusional. Yeah. <laughs> well, that kid, like, I mean... Scott Gardner and I knew a kid in school who used to read Star Trek books. He looked like Spock, and he acted like Spock. You know, he was just... Mm. He got picked on a lot, too. So, But he... It, when it was funny, it was... Very, it was very much like... You know, he would just sort of stoically stare at them, you know. And then when he went into Pond Far, he kicked all your butts. Mm. <laughs> if only. Threw his green soup at you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Out! This isn't what I wanted for lunch. <laughs> mm. but, I have uh, pictures of him sometime. I should uh, <laughs> mail them to you. I shouldn't put them up on the website. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, the actor that played Jeremy, uh, his name's 
Gabriel Damon. And you may remember, I had to look this up because I'm like, I know I've seen this kid in other things. But the one that stuck out was that he was the kid mobster named Hob in RoboCop 2. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. Just barely. Yeah, he was he was the one that was really controlling everything behind the scenes. Oh, okay. That was him. Same, And he was about the same age. I was going to say, it had to be right about the same time. Yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty long list of um, credits for TV shows and commercials. Uh, but that's the one that jumped out at me. He reminded me a little of uh, the kid from the Escape from Witch Mountain movies. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was kind of yeah. He was a creepy kid too. He was a creepy kid. I had my one. Well, my two big complaints was one, it really just went through the stages of grief at rocket speed, space speed. But my big grief was I think they cut part of the story of this out. Because uh, um, it's funny you say that because I was looking at just before we came on, I found something on because uh, I was googling it to bring up the uh, synopsis again and there was a thing for YouTube that was saying deleted scenes oh and, and there's a couple and it said it was uh, it was taken from the VHS and other sources and basically there's like a little bit more explanation of Worf talking with uh, Dr. Crusher in sick bay and then there was some more discussion there was a whole scene and I kind of remembered this at least I thought I did I must have seen it either on TV or maybe someone else had the videotapes because there was a whole scene of them, of Picard and Troy coming to his class. Because remember, they say he's in class. They make a point of that. And they come and they show him in his class interacting with the other students and everything. Because when I watched this on Netflix, it cut straight. They went straight from the elevator <laughs> right to them talking to him. Yes. Your mom's dead. Yes. Huh? You know? <laughs> Whereas there was this buildup and they're talking looking at him the teachers talking to him and everything and then and then he comes over I, I didn't have time to watch the full thing and there was some other uh scenes after that so yeah there was a little bit cut out of this but it did seem a little like you said missing something well at the end of it you get a little explanation from the alien creature that you know the world used to have you know physical beings on it and it had the energy beings and the physical beings and the energy beings were at war, but the physical beings ended up battling each other and wiping themselves out. And that's what those leftover weapons were that blew up when they went down there. Yeah, because when Jordy goes back down, um, they find that all the weapons had been pulled out of the ground. The same ones that had killed um, right. He's um, Lieutenant Astor okay. on the previous mission. Okay, you see, now I was interpreting that as he was saying, these were like they were deliberately, somebody recently like deliberately planted these to blow us up. No, the way I took it was is that the, once they realized that, that one had killed someone, they, that they pulled them out of the ground and deactivated, and deactivated them. deactivated so, them. Yeah. Okay, because so that, that wipes out my whole thing because I was seeing, I, I took that as like, it was meaning, has, hey, something's still down there and it put these bombs up because it knew these people were here. And then when the mm. creature showed up, I thought maybe the creature had, you know, killed somebody to manipulate the situation to maybe, you know, get a person down there. So I thought the story was going in that direction. Oh, and then, no. I... And then it didn't. And then I was like, wait, what happened to that story element of the purposeful bombing? But that was just me misinterpreting it. Yeah, that was just that was just a mistake. That was an accident was the way that I, I took it. And then they, they, they pulled them all out and just to say, hey, you know, we dug yeah. these up. We're sorry. My my bad. We didn't know you were going to blow it, blow yourselves up. She took the full brunt of the explosion. Um I I I was I don't know if I'm glad or if I think they should have had Jeremy have a have a flip out at some point. Yeah, I mean the most this kid finally flips out is that he he yells at Picard a little. I mean at um Wharf a little bit and cries finally, you know, which is good for him. That's, yeah, yeah. But, Let it out. I mean, I would have had a flip out on the mom, on the fake mom. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's really disturb. That's really disturbing. <laughs> oh well, I thought that kid did pl play that scene pretty good one 
at one point to where like he really was freaked out later on like at first he was accepting it he's playing with a cat but then when Deanna you know starts talking to him and says you know this isn't real and then they cut off the way that they're getting to the ship by changing the modulation of the shields just modulate shields fix everything so they cut off the beam that's allowing them to manipulate this stuff and then she disappears and then at that point he's freaked out and even when she comes back again he's still kind of not really sure what's going on and what wimpy security guards because that other blue light comes in smashes hits him in the face and they drop like ragdolls oh 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 my it's got me in the face (laughs) oh dear and of course you can't have a somebody's parent died episode without wesley having to come in (sighs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> Somewhere, Scott Gardner's laying in bed in a fever, and his eyes are rolling right now. Wesley, oh, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> what just happened? I heard that name, but I so much wanted to, you know. Now, was Picard oblivious to Wesley's feelings when he was, or was he purposely trying to draw him out when he was saying, "Oh, and you were, you were." Uh, you were upset that your father died. No, I was upset that you came back, you bald-headed yeah. freak. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's why I called the end of the show the pick a scabathon. <laughs> it's like everybody just gets there. It's the rub it in a thon or pick a scabathon. And, you know, where everybody just, like, digs up all the, you know, I, I thought the scene on the bridge where they were talking about, you know, that he's there's a kid, you know, we got to tell her kid, and you can see Wesley reacting to it you know and going like oh god i know how that oh, yeah. kid feels that was a that was a nice little scene i would have left it at that personally yeah and then then uh you had data and Riker in 10 forward and they're discussing death and you know how well did you know marla astor and then data's like why does everybody keep asking me how well did i know her <laughs> am i supposed to attribute some extra feeling to blah, 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 you know. The make-believe boy is learning how to be human. That was like the, 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 the really the one scene for Data, you know, and, and, uh, and number one in that one, and Riker in that one. They just sort of like, oh, we got to have a scene for them. Yeah, someone there. One. What about Jordy? Did Jordy do much of anything? Um, I well, he went down and found the bombs and came back yeah, up with them. Yeah. And basically was worried that the whatever was in the ship's computer was going to blow him up. So yeah, that was pretty much all 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 he did. So yeah, those so yeah, most of my favorite characters were then shoved to the back though. But their yeah. wharf was was figures prominently, so that that helps a lot. But a story really like circling around Picard Wesley and Troy is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah and, pretty much. You know, I'm not complaining because I enjoyed the episode, but I enjoyed oh, okay. the ones that are more like th- this one was. This one was an after-school special more than a, a little science fiction story. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the science fiction element didn't really add a science fictiony element in it. It just helped to add to the the mushy story. So, did you pick up on the how the score changed when the alien mother? first first appeared to Jeremy it was really it, it it was really different from some of the other stuff that I that I no, normally remember hearing you know there was like a, a lot of weird sounds I don't know if they're playing them backwards or just like doing half sounds half notes like deep under under the music I mean there was like an underlying you know there was a basic music but then there was like this weird crap going on behind it I did not notice that but oh, hopefully, well, hopefully, I'll be able to dig up a good. Especially, there's probably a good chance that I'll be able to find a lot of the music for this episode if it does have unusual things like that in it. Because, well, I mean, I might have picked it up on it because I was listening with headphones. Oh, so. okay, yeah. So yeah, it was really right there. I was like, hmm. I mean, because I don't remember hearing that. Obviously, well, it's been a long time since I've watched this episode. Probably since it originally aired, which was well, I'm looking at this entry, 1989. 89, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, so yeah, it was uh, wasn't a bad episode. It was, you know, it it was an episode with meaning. I just discovered I can watch them all on. Uh, I don't even need Netflix. I can go to StarTrek.com. Oh, really? They're showing them That's there. That's where I watched them there. Yeah, uh, but I have AdBlock on my computer, which I, which I seriously think and anybody who can put it on adblock on their browser should because it just makes your I, your experience I got it on better. mine but what you have to do if you get adblock two true freaks listeners is you've got to leave an exception for the two true freaks page because that's where our amazon yeah because it blocks the amazon link. it will lo- block that amazon link and what well actually what you should do is just make that your bookmark to amazon and then block it and then <laughs> go to it from, <laughs> from from your bookmarks rather than have to go to tutufreaks.com. Although you should go to tutufreaks.com daily, every day, because <laughs> because you may miss something if you don't. Because it seems like we're getting a podcast out almost every day at this rate between all all the people we got going. So so I watch still- StarTrek.com, but I could see that there. Were, you know how when you're watching a movie on a little player. And you can see where the ads are. You'll see a little yellow dot. Yeah, like a little dot in the timeline. Whoop! Whipped right over those. <laughs> oh yeah, I love oh, yeah. that. It's like you don't have to wait thirty seconds for a commercial. Yeah. Oh, I had one other note that. Uh, okay, so Jeremy's father died of Rushton and Rushton infection. So is that something you get from Getty Lee? Yeah, it was, it's or a, maybe Neil Perk. He was flying by night too much. <laughs> Getty Lee, you, the singer who sounds like Mickey Mouse on helium. Fly by Hey, I like Rush. Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny is I in high school I hated Rush because all my friends were so into Rush and they were like, dude, you gotta listen to these lyrics, man. Well, see, I listen I got... to the lyrics and I'm like, I kinda hate these lyrics. The music part, I liked. But it was my friend shoving it down my throat. And now with the crap that's come since then, I can listen to the classic rock station and be like, ooh, a Rush song, okay. <laughs> see, I got more into Rush after I, I picked up the like the Rush Chronicles, it was like a multi CD set, and I heard a lot of songs that never get airplay, mm-hmm. a- and I found those more interesting than just the regular stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. So, but this is not a Rush podcast. This yeah. is a Star Trek podcast, and I don't know. Are we out of gas, Captain? <laughs> not our dead lithium crystals giving out. <laughs> I mean, really, what more What more can we really say about this? Oh, I know what I can say about this episode. Oh, Jesus, how did I forget this? Have you ever seen Solaris? The movie Solaris? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess this there's would There's two versions. Be... There's the Russian version, and then there's the George Clooney version. But there's I've the same part story. Of the, I've seen part of the George Clooney, but not the Russian. And it's, and it's a book by Stanislaw... It's either... L-E-W, or, uh, it's either Lou or Lem. I can't remember if it's Stanislaw Lou or Stanislaw Lem. But mm-hmm. it's about a planet. And, there, uh, where, where you can, your thoughts become reality? So, yeah, you, the planet is a lot, well, what, yeah, what turns out is a guy goes there to find out what's happened to the space station there because apparently all the people have gone crazy and have it radioed back. Mm-hmm. And when he goes there, his dead wife keeps popping up. Yeah, that was that hot chick, wasn't she? Yeah. The one that in was both, in... Both uh, versions. She was in uh, the Truman Show, wasn't she? Oh. She, she was really his... dad with actors and actresses. Hmm. Um, but uh, as, as soon as his mom showed up, I'm like, ooh, is this like a ripoff of Solaris? Hmm. And in some ways it kind of was. But it ended up being, you know, Solaris left a lot to the imagination as to what was going on and whether the planet was conscious or whether it was just an effect that made you, your thoughts, you know, manifest. But yeah. It was a very similar thing, you know, you're cir- circling a planet and, and, and someone newly dead starts coming, you know, hey, I'm back. <laughs> well, 
you know, this does kind of remind me uh, of some of the original things in that um, of the original series. Picard basically convinces or talks the alien out of taking him when he starts saying, "Well, what are you going to do for a wife? Education." this that hey whoa 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 that's a lot of stuff you're putting on me there i don't know about that uh i mean it actually stops the uh the alien short because she can't she doesn't have an answer right she can't and and even if she uses his brain she's not going to be able to uh at some point the kids it the kid's just going to be realize he's yeah. in a prison of his own making mm -hmm. and he'll want to leave that there's nothing there it'll just be empty because he's got to suffer through life first, I also and then think, go in and enjoy it. <laughs> I also think the being like also like realized, okay, these guys got this, you know, they they they're dealing with it, and you yeah. know, and at the same time, maybe it was felt a little bit of you know when they said, hey, look, you know, whatever, we'll deal with it. Got a little of its guilt, mm -hmm. you know, assuaged or swage. I don't know how you say that big word. So I shouldn't you know, even they, say it. They should have really had a scene where the cat turns and talks to him. That would no, have been really. great. I think you should go. You Mr. Should, Patches! <laughs> you should come with us. Kill it! The talking cat! <laughs> See, I'd be like, if she was just like, we, you know, you could go back in your old house and all this, it's like, no, no, I want the castle! <laughs> with the water, <laughs> yeah. chocolate water, chocolate slide, you know, chocolate fudge slide that goes 50 stories down into the into the Whee! lemonade pool smash <laughs> so what's so next uh you know this is this is did you guys already no you had a couple other episodes that the that the names kind of ran into one one another when you were doing up the long ladder yeah and all that well the previous one was who watches the watcher this one's the bonding and the next one's booby trap oh ow <laughs> so you've got peeping toms, you've got bondage, and then you've got boobies. Boobies in a kind of masochistic sort of. Um, yep. I picture like a woman with two mouse traps. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Wendy O. Williams style. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy O. Williams in a plasmatics on that big bus going through the TVs. I can picture Wendy O. Williams on Star Trek as an alien. She would probably, probably be was. <laughs> we'll have to Google that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find a lot of other stuff too. Just well, Mick Fleetwood was on her, so just Google Wendy O. Williams and ping pong balls, everybody, and and uh, just thank me later, <laughs> <laughs> or send hate mail to me later. <laughs> but I, I think that's about all I got. I have no idea what's. Oh well, I, booby traps next. I have no idea what it's about. The, uh, I I'm very hit and miss after this whole Actually, from the I, third season on. I do kind of remember what if what I think. Oh yes, I know what happens there. I don't know if I should say or just let it be a surprise next time. Let nature Let's take just say, its course. It is a very Jordy LaForge centric. Oh good. Slash holodeck episode. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the Enterprise is trapped and he has to go into the holodeck and figure something out and he has to create a program and let's just say Yeah. It'll bite him in the ass in about two or three seasons. Really? Oh yeah. Something with the holodeck bites him in the ass. Imagine that. Not not right now, but it will. Oh. Interesting. So but that's a that's a podcast for another month. Yep. For the month of November. And in the meanwhile, everybody, have a happy Halloween. It's heading towards that time. And if you go to our Facebook page, pretty soon I'm going to start posting, as I do every year, all our old Halloween episodes from the past for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of those, and every year we add more. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, we'll see you next month. Thanks, Bill, for sitting in for old sicky. <coughs> the doctor says that Mr. Gardner will return. Hopefully he doesn't have what your cat had. That's all I got to say. 
Oh, I'm not. I'm not giving him an enema. <laughs> I don't want to see Scott Gardner's X-ray on the next back of the bin. <laughs> You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at ForumForGeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.